That word, therefore, that we encounter in that first verse of the 12th chapter, I appeal to you, therefore. Therefore. Therefore what? Why? One has to go back into that 11th chapter and find out what the therefore is all about. And this is what it's all about. Verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and the knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments! How inscrutable his way! For who has known the mind of the Lord? And who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him to receive a gift in return? For from him and through him and in him are all things. To him be glory forever. To God be glory forever. When it comes to the presence, this passage says, who thinks he can give God a gift well enough to earn his favor in order to, to, to get one back? And you know, obviously, you know, it's a rhetorical question. No, you can't. Nobody can do that. But there are some ideas that Paul suggests for us about ways to respond to God's goodness and, and God's favor to us. And it's not through this sacrificial system that we have observed for years, says St. Paul, where we, we, we kill a poor animal and, and uh, donate it to the, to the priest. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's done a different, different way. Present your bodies. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's number one thing that you can do. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. I used to play football. You might be able to imagine me playing football. And I played tackle and guard and sometimes center. And once in a while we would have to have a timeout. And the coach would come in and call some kind of a play, something like uh, maybe student body right where the tackles pull and everybody else goes out around the end and you pick somebody and you try to block him out of the play. If you're lucky, you'll knock him down, but he'll come down on you and crack your ribs. You know, so it, every one of those end-around plays, you know, uh, involved a lot of... Uh, movement and so forth, and, and uh, occasionally uh, somebody would get hurt. Well, when we would have these timeouts, we would get the call, get the play called, and the coach, as he left, would go back, yelling back over his shoulder, Romans 12.1. Well, by this time, we knew what Romans 12.1, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. your bodies. You know, the, I suppose I got into this because the football season's about ready to get going and and I was remind, reminded about uh, John Madden, why he, he liked football. John Madden says, all those bodies, they're flying around, slipping around, jumping up in the air and hitting the ground and, and it all winds up in a great big pile. That's what I like about football. Well, back in the old days, Karen and I would go up with her people that uh, she worked with in the uh, uh, M&I clinic and at the, uh, at, uh, on the fifth floor of, 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 the, of the hospital, U Hospital, 
and uh, a good share of those people would get roaring drunk uh, and really not pay too much attention to what was going on at all. But I had a pair of field glasses and this lady, uh, what shall we call, we shall call her Merle. Merle, uh, she was always borrowing my field glasses and uh, she, uh, she, you know, she, what are you looking at Merle? She says, I just love those tight pants over those tight rear ends when they let, you know, they kneel down and get ready to run a play. Okay, Merle. Then another guy called on my other side. We'll call him Mike. He was borrowing my glasses. What are you looking at, Mike? I'm looking at the cheerleaders. And then I won't say what he was looking at about the cheerleaders, but anyway, that's the way it is. Well, present your bodies, all those bodies. All those bodies. That's point one. Present your bodies instead of sacrifices to the Lord. You can't beat God-given, so don't even try. Present your bodies. Live for Him the whole way. Point number two. Don't conform to the values of this world. Oh, now there's a mouthful, and TV doesn't make it at all easy for anybody that doesn't want to conform to this world. They have all kinds of means of rolling it out there for you to want you to buy this, do that, go here, go there. Till you realize, you know, people lose their lives conforming to others in the world around them. You know them and so do I. But change your mind about some things. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Well, you can say to yourself, well, I'm about 74 years old and I've got my mind made up. Well, that might not be quite the case. I think we can all stand to change the way we think about some things. Principally, the way in which we think about ourselves. How do you think about yourselves? I submit to you that some kind of change within our own being, within our own mind, is so basic to the change of of, 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 our, of our life and our circumstances and our relationships and so on. Change how you're thinking about yourself and maybe you can change the way you feel about your neighbor. The third thing he talks about here is practice humility. Which is, enough to, which is to say that if Jesus is all in all, as I said at the very top, that means that you're not, and I'm not. And that ought to be the source of our humility. We are all humble before God, regardless of our station. He says this, in order, I think, to maintain some peace and quiet in the church. Practice humility because there are all those bodies 
in the church. All those bodies. And somehow we have to find a way in which to get along. And if, in fact, we do not think of ourselves more highly than we ought, we might find ourselves getting along a little bit better. So that you might know, better know, the mind of Christ on some things, says Paul. We have to get along. And then he says one, number four in gift ideas, let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. You know, here again, I want to go back to, you know, Hollywood or someplace like that where you've got Zaza Gabor, you know, Gabor. And, and she, she said that, uh, I collect houses. Every time I get a divorce, I keep the house. Well, that's not genuine love, I don't think. It says, hate what is evil. Hate what is evil. Why should we be told to hate what is evil? I'll tell you why. Because evil is fun. And on the other hand, so often, good is boring. That's why. Well, you watch and see what's being offered up in the next season's TV, and you see these bing bang and people, bodies flying around, and you know, all this, this murder and grotesque stuff going on. This is what they're offering up because they know we love evil, we feed on evil. And on any newscast, you've got probably the first 15, 20, 30 minutes, you know, I always call it the body count of how much evil has gone on in our community. We feed on evil. But how about the other side of this? Letting love be genuine. Well, it goes back up to the earlier, the, the earlier one where we talk about practicing humility. Practice humility and then our love can be a bit more genuine. Hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to what is good. Last night, I saw an episode of Lawrence Welk that I had never seen before, and I thought I had seen them all. It was their show that they made over in Hawaii. And, you know, it was really refreshing. You know, I'd had about as much of the, of the uh, Olympics as I could take in. And there was an awful lot of Olympics to take in. And, and it was all good. But to change channels and to go and listen to some good music for a change and, and, and uh, hear some s lyrics that made some sense and talked about love, and talked about caring, and so forth. Hold fast to what is good, and hate what is evil. Now, you know, evil dresses itself up. Dresses itself up in all kinds of 
finery and all kinds of things like that that uh, make it enticing. Everybody's doing it, doing it, doing it. But the Christian is advised to, if you're serious and, and, and you regard Jesus as all in all, and you want to do something for Jesus, then, then present your bodies holy and acceptable unto God. Well, conclusion. I submit to you also that there's a lot of room for repentance around here. I would suggest about every third person in this uh, along the pew that you're sitting in needs to repent. Maybe there's more than that along that pew that needs to repent, you know. We need to, need to change our mind about some things. Well, I kind of leave that up to you. But when it comes to the matter of pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ, we can't give him anything because he has it all. But we can present our bodies to him, our lives to him.